0: Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me today for another episode. Today I'm talking about why trying to reduce anxiety can actually make it worse definitely important still. Relaxation. I don't want you to hear that relaxation isn't important, especially for our anxious kiddos. Yes, relaxation helps bring their overall arousal levels down. However, the key word is trying to make relaxation the outcome in the work that we're doing. If they're already feeling anxious, trying to get them to relax in the moment is a problem. And I'll explain why that's a problem. Making your goal to reduce the feelings of anxiety will always only reinforce that anxiety. So like I said, I'm not trying to say, That you can't relax, you know, but we just don't want to focus that on being the ultimate outcome. Same thing with breathing. We all need to breathe to survive. Breathing is really important, but focusing on breathing to be usually the reason why we're telling them to breathe is so that they can calm down and feel relaxed. That's a problem. When we emphasize this need to reduce that anxiety and feel calm, we could be reinforcing a whole slew of different anxiety stories. So just one for example, anxiety is bad. These feelings are bad. Because you, look, everyone's trying to teach me that I have to feel calm. So therefore, what I'm feeling is bad. And I can't, it can't be tolerated because nobody wants me to feel these anxious feelings. Kids are already not liking them, but they can't be tolerated and they need to be fixed. And treatment is only successful if anxiety subsides. That's a problem, right? If we are reinforcing that story that you should never feel anxious, you, you should always feel calm we got a whole world of trouble for these kiddos. And then kids start to worry about those feelings and those feelings are just becoming reinforced and reinforced the idea that they're bad, that they shouldn't be feeling them. Right. And that's just going to make them more worrying about them. And, and they're going to become even more sensitive to those anxious feelings. So this idea that we have to feel calm, we're only going to perpetuate a fear of anxiety and cause kids to interpret even just normal, inevitable anxiety is signs of failure because see, I can't stay calm. What's wrong with me? So we got to be really careful. And I hear this so often from a lot of my teenagers and young adults, especially who have given up working on anxiety. And they've fallen into this state of hopelessness because they're feeling like they're always going to be anxious because nothing has ever worked and they still feel anxious. And parents who are just pulling out their hair. We've tried all these breathing techniques and relaxation techniques. So they still feel anxious. Well, of course, because we've been focusing on the wrong goal. As we know, anxiety, feelings, they're normal. They're going to come up. You know, if you're going to go on your first date or change schools or start a new job or, you know, look at a game that you don't know how to play that everybody else already knows how to play, anxiety is normal. They're safe. These feelings are manageable and they're part of being human. We all have these feelings. Now, the problem is, you know, kids, anxious kids, They're more sensitive to those feelings. So other people don't try to relax, you know, when they're feeling a little bit of that anxiety, they push through it because they're interpreting them in a different way. So it doesn't become a big deal. So that's the key It's just what is it that we're focusing on. So if kids have this negative belief about anxiety, that it is bad, it it shouldn't be tolerated. We shouldn't be having these feelings. I should always be calm. Then, you know, that's really bad because they're more likely to experience ongoing difficulties with anxiety. So it's really important that they learn that the feelings that come up with anxiety itself are totally normal. They're totally okay and manageable and necessary. They're part of being human. The other problem is, too, that they think that they should be able to control that anxiety. But here's the secret, guys. We have no control over our emotional brain. It's the strongest, fastest, oldest part of our brain. And by the way, it's the only part of the brain that's fully developed when we're born. So there is no controlling that emotional brain unless you go exercise you go for a run, right? Because that's, then you're going to be signaling to your brain, hey, you're running away. This is good. (laughs) So then your brain can calm down because it's setting off that fight or flight response. So if you start running, right, your body's going to be like, okay, you're trying to protect yourself. So, but it's, Just good to know. We can't eliminate anxiety. It's not even helpful to eliminate anxiety. Just like I often use the example of a fire alarm, right? We need to have it. We have to have a fire alarm there, a fire detector, in case there's a real emergency. But how many times does it go off? Mine goes off all the time because I burn my food right um, and so it's going off even though there's not a real fire but we can't get rid of it we wouldn't want to it's just in case there really is a big emergency so so we really want to be careful with that you know by understanding anxiety, remember, it's the belief that I can't handle it. We know then the goal is about being able to manage anxiety. I can handle it. I can handle all of these uncomfortable feelings. So why would we want them to relax? We want them to be able to know that they can tolerate the feelings. By trying to get them to relax, we're focusing on the wrong things. We have to teach them to tolerate that anxiety. That's an inevitable part of being human. So what I'm saying is those uncomfortable feelings, feelings, they're a great opportunity to collect evidence to show that they've gotten through the experience better than they even expected they could. And you know what? They can do it again, and they can do it again, and they can do it again. And so if they know that I can handle it, their anxiety is inevitably going to lessen. Those feelings of anxiety are not going to be so big. And so guess what? They're probably going to relax. Uh, You know, secondarily, it's going to be an outcome anyway, but that's the thing they need to learn that anxiety isn't dangerous, it can be tolerated. And I can still live life, even if I'm feeling I can still move forward up with my date, even if I feel like I'm going to puke. right. So focusing on reducing fear, we're only going to interfere with that long term success. And we actually see kiddos regress because they're always just, just calm down, just calm down, just calm down, just calm down. But they can't. It's going to always elude them. We've got that ironic processing in our brain. Whatever whatever you do, don't think of the white polar bear. You better not be thinking of a white polar bear. Whatever you do, right? Our brain's just not going to go there. So when we focus on trying to reduce anxiety, we recreate, recreate this safety signal. Safety signals are another maintaining factor for anxiety, so we need to be really careful we don't do that either. I actually had one kiddo who believed she was going to throw up at school, so every day I'm going to throw up. Today's the day, mom, I'm going to throw up. She had thrown up years ago when she was in kindergarten. And so, you know, now she's in grade seven. So years and years ago, but that kindergarten experience was very traumatizing for her, you know, because other kids were like, ew, so gross, right? And then people were teasing her. So, you know, it was pretty traumatizing. So years later, she's still worried about it. And she's always like, today's the day. And mom is like, Dude, you haven't thrown up at school since kindergarten. Today's the day. Today's the day. And then parents get sucked into that reverse hypnosis, right? And of course, they're, she's worrying even more. And because she's worrying more, she's feeling all these knots you know, nauseous feelings, and it's making her feel even more nauseous and even more pukey. And now she's even more sensitive to those feelings of anxiety. So the goal is to help her to tolerate those nauseous feelings, right? the, the anxious feelings, of course, you feel pukey, you're worried about it. And this is what happens in your body. Actually, I should go through a whole episode just on what's happening in the body. So we can explain it to kids. Of course, that makes sense that you feel like you're going to throw up. No, no wonder this is what's happening in your body. Body. so you know if we try to focus on relaxing she's just going to be even more sensitive to everything and it's going to be really hard and by trying to relax you know she she just she couldn't stop focusing she was more hyper aware of everything that was going on in her body and so it just made it worse and she was so certain that she was going to throw up and on and on and on it went and here we are you know six years later before she finally came to see me so we could kind of shift our focus here so the goal it's not trying to get her mind off of it or to breathe or to calm down the biggest success was being able to tolerate what was happening understanding what's happening in our body and then being able to tolerate I know what you're doing body. that makes sense but you know what I'm still going to go to school so you know at first it was this whole school avoidance thing that was happening but we figured it out that that it was this this the feelings that she was feeling and she was so terrified of throwing up. So once she realized what was happening, it took the mystery out of what was happening in her body and then she could handle it, right? And everything else was so much easier. And then we also built on you know, through her experiences, we do, she she was able to rewire her brain and change her stories. So anytime we tell kiddos to relax and breathe, you know, we know that we could be reinforcing that idea that the feeling of anxiety is bad, and that's only going to make them feel more anxious about- especially about feeling anxious. And it's those feelings of anxiety that become a big problem that starts creating more worries to begin with. So we also set up this helpless, hopeless sort of story. And this is another one, especially I find for my teenagers and and young adults, you know, especially because they're trying to relax and everywhere you read on the website, you know, and everybody's telling them, just calm down, just relax, just breathe. And then they can't And then they feel like they're a failure, and they're never going to be able to manage their anxiety. And then that anxiety starts to become ingrained, because they create this identity around being an anxious person. And most of the time, they're like, you know, I am breathing, I am relaxed, or kids right in the middle, I am relaxed, I am calm, I am in the green zone, right? And we're just, it's not helping, they're just going to be mad or more anxious, So here's another thing to think about, too, when we're thinking about, when we understand what anxiety is, but also what is actually happening in the body, I do think I need to do an episode on that. When anxiety shows up, it rings that alarm bell to prepare our body to manage a threat. Again, the brain cannot tell the difference between us being eaten by a predator or another kid smirking at us. Our brain cannot tell the difference. And so it's just saying threat. So, because of that, the alarm system, you know, it's just automatic. It's a natural instinct. And we really have no control over that alarm once it's wrong. It takes over. If you've ever been into a close call, like for an accident or something, you probably have, you know, if you're driving and it's icy and, and you get out of the way, you swerve out of the way. You, you react so quickly. It's not until afterwards you're parked and safe that you start shaking and thinking about it and replaying, right? That's where our conscious mind has, has, come, has caught up to it. So, so it's very instinctual, very fast. We really have no control over it. So we got to think about that. So trying to relax totally flies in the face of our alarm system because it's going to be like, there is a threat here. Again, it can't tell the difference between being eaten and somebody smirking at us. So if we're just trying to breathe and relax and we're not moving, our brain is like, what are you doing trying to sit here and relax and breathe? We need to get up and be fighting or running for the rest of our lives, right? So, so our brain is just be- going to become more and more anxious. Like, what are you doing? You're just sitting duck. So trying to relax now, it's only going to worsen that anxiety and lead to behavioral outbursts, right? Even aggression, because all the body wants to do is to fight. So it doesn't make sense to try to make it relax, not in the moment. So we need to think about the skills that need to be learned. At the end of the day, that's always what we're doing. What are the skills that need to be learned? Yes, relaxation is important, but not in the heat of the moment. We relaxation is fantastic when we're reducing our overall arousal level. So kids aren't so trigger happy, you know, to threats anyway, so that they're not so sensitive to what's happening in their body or their environment. We definitely want them to be successful. and We want them to tolerate those anxious feelings because there's going to be anxiety provoking situations coming up all the time and they need to learn to be able to tolerate it. These kiddos, they've got so much adrenaline and physical energy running in their system, right? And and it's really best for them to be able to do something physical with it. And that's why I said maybe going for a run is fantastic. That's a great way. To, to help get rid of some of that. So, one way to achieve all of this, of course, is by feeling the anxiety on purpose. That's where they can start feeling like they've got a little bit more control because from anxiety, in addition to feeling like I can't handle it, it wants certainty. And so we see a lot of rigid behaviors because it wants predictability and certainty that so that I know I can handle it. Anytime there's uncertainty, that's when I feel like I can't handle it and the worries start to come. So maybe we can start giving them a little bit of control. So maybe intensifying the tension that they're feeling. So for one little guy, I remember progressive muscle. I don't do a lot of relaxation stuff when we're working on anxiety specifically. I usually use that later on and and I've got a training program and it's usually one of the last pieces that we do in the Thrive module, right? We've worked through anxiety and now just to continue our success, relaxation comes. But for him, you know, I I, I just had this inkling that this progressive muscle relaxation would be helpful. So, of course, I'm not focusing on the relaxation piece, right? Because, you know, I don't want to reinforce that story that anxiety feeling is bad and there's this chance of failure and reinforcing that story that I can't handle it, want to avoid that. But what I did do was focus him him on being the boss of the tension in his body because he already feeling a lot of tension in his body. And so we intensified that tension everywhere through his body. So I kind of walked through that, that progressive relaxation piece with an ulterior motive here, but we are intensifying. He can become bring it anxiety. You want to tense up my muscles? I'm going to tense them up even more. And then let go and see what happens. And if it's doing it again, we're gonna do it again. And then we're gonna let go. We're gonna do it again. Whenever it's there, you just tense up those muscles and you be the boss of that tension. Right? And that approach was so powerful because it was something he could do even discreetly when he was feeling anxious. Maybe he wasn't bringing his fists up to his face, you know, but if he's sitting there, there's so many things he could be doing, you know, pressing his arms down, like almost doing like a chair push up. He doesn't even have to do the push up, but just tensing his muscles as he sits there at his desk. If he's feeling anxious, there's a lot of things that he could do discreetly and take control over those feelings. And I do that too for my kiddos who are terrified of having panic attacks. I'm going to induce panic attacks in my session, or at least the symptoms. And we're going to work through building those skills and, and the tolerance to handle that feeling like I'm going to hyperventilate or that feeling like I'm going to pass out, right? So all of those things we actually induce so that they can A, accept them, and B, learn that they can tolerate them and see when they can tolerate them, they realize that they're surviving and they're not actually dying. Um, And then doing that physical activity in the midst of a panic attack is so helpful too. I had a woman who had these extreme panic attacks and she was sure she was going to pass out, which by the way, doesn't make sense because you need to have really low, low blood pressure to pass out. And that's the exact opposite. When you're feeling anxious, when you're having a panic attack, your blood pressure is going through the roof. So passing out is not going to happen. And why the heck would our body allow us to pass out if that would mean getting eaten? So it doesn't make sense that our body to protect us would allow ourselves to pass out because we need to run or to fight. But telling her that was never going to help right? She gets so anxious. And instead of allowing her to sit and sip her water, water is such one of those safety behaviors or safety, you know, um, object signals that people have that they think it's the water is keeping them safe and alive. You know, that's what she normally did. She'd sit and sip water. But I made her get up and do the opposite. And we're going to try to continue to hyperventilate. And we're going to do physical activity. So we're going to run on the spot, we're going to do knee tuck jumps, we're going to do whatever it is within your you know, capacity to be able to do, would someone being able, who's on the verge of passing out or on the verge of having a heart attack or on the verge of whatever, be able to do knee tuck jumps? Probably not. And so me talking to her that it's not going to happen would never get anywhere. She needed to learn through experience. And so whenever she had a panic attack, she knew she could up the ante, intensify some of those feelings, take a little bit of control over it, do some physical activity to show her hey. I'm not obviously passing out. Someone who's dying cannot do jumping jacks, right? So, so being able to do that, and she learned everything that I could have tried telling her in years of therapy, she could learn in just one session, right? And then we do a booster session and that's it. Trying to talk it out and reframe her thinking is never gonna work. She needs to experience it. That's how we rewire the brain. So we only needed that session and really two more sessions before she felt like she had complete control over those panic attacks. The first session she already was feeling, but we did a little bit of tweaking. What if this and what if that? And, you know, within three sessions, complete control over a panic attack. So again, we got to think about our practice. What are we doing with our kiddos? So if you've got a kiddo who's been working on relaxing the body when they're anxious, or if it's your own kiddo, what could you do differently? So like I said, relaxing in and of itself is important. Anyone who's anxious needs to learn to relax and release that tension. Actually, all of us human people, everybody needs to learn those things. But it's when we're working on that relaxation as the outcome, that's where it becomes a problem. So the goal should never be about needing to feel relaxed. We will work on doing things that are relaxing and letting go, but not when we're actually feeling anxious. That should never be the story that we're reinforcing. When we're directly targeting anxiety in our work with with anxious kiddos, we need to work on them accepting and tolerating whatever those anxious feelings are that are coming up for them. That's the goal. And ultimately, through that, they probably will feel better and relaxed. We just want to make sure that that's not our goal. So. Thank you for joining me today. I want to continue this on because there's actually something called relaxation-induced anxiety that I'll be talking about next week as well, just to kind of carry this on. It's a little bit different, but along the same lines. But hopefully there's something here that you'll be able to take into your practice. Thanks for joining me.